is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Hello everyone, I'm Lucy. Um, It's a real privilege to be here the first Sunday of the year where where we're diving into the Word. Last week was uh, a week of worship and prayer. Look at all my rooted team going. (laughs) They don't want to stay. Have fun, guys. (laughs) Um, So um, I was meant to be preaching this topic um, last summer, but actually it fits so much better at the beginning of a year when we're about to go into a Sunday of looking at vision and a week of prayer and fasting. Actually, the this message just fits so well. So I'm really excited to bring it to you. Um, and isn't God good that actually all of the stuff that's been brought this morning just adds and adds and adds to a lot of what I want to share. So um, if it's duplicated, apologies, but it's written down, so I've got to say. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you've got your Bibles with you, whether that's paper or online, if you open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, And for those of you who aren't too familiar with the Bible, um, Corinthians is two chapters in the New Testament. So this is after Jesus' death and resurrection. It's written by a man called Paul. Now, Paul wasn't always Paul. He was also known as Saul on the road to Damascus fame. So he used to persecute Christians. But actually, he met face-to-face with God. And God said, what are you doing? And Saul becomes Paul, and he establishes a church church after church, and it's, it's an amazing story, but we're looking today at the church in Corinth. Um, so this is a church challenged by the pagan beliefs around it. It's filled with idolatry, hierarchy, division, and immorality. And the church was mainly made up of Gentiles, which was a bit of a stumbling block to the Jews. It was a diverse church which they weren't used to, and with that came challenges. Paul's letter back to them is actually a response to a series of questions. They're like, Paul, what, what are we doing here? We've got this wrong. How can we move forward? How can we reflect Christ more? And throughout this letter, Paul uses the analogy of the body and all its constituent parts to talk about unity within the church. But the passage starts with using our gifts. And I'd love us today to kind of go through this passage. We're going to jump around a little bit. But See what we can learn about our unique identity in the Lord, our unique gifting. But also look at what it looks like to be a united church. And it's going to be quite inward looking. And I don't like to do that on a Sunday because it's about, you know, being built up here and being sent out. But I believe that if we invest in the local church, God's plan for saving the world, if we equip and encourage one another in this room, actually we can't help but go and change our circles of influence when we go out of here. So forgive me for looking inward. Hopefully it empowers you to go out. So we're going to look at three things if you're taking notes. Firstly, we're going to look at the what and the why of spiritual gifts. I know we did that a couple of times last year, but a different kind of spin on that. Um, We're going to look then at unique gifting. And then thirdly, a united church. And I'm hoping we're going to have time at the end to respond to what God wants to share with us today. So if you're with me in chapter 12, let's go to verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another knowledge, another faith, another healing, 
another miraculous powers, another prophecy, another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, until to another still the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. And it's quite a long list of gifting, isn't it, there? I've skipped over bits just to speed through. But it's not completely exhaustive. In the New Testament, we see loads of examples of different kind of gifts. So serving, teaching, encouraging, administration, giving, leading, compassion, apostolic and pastoral and evangelistic ministries. All of those are mentioned in the New Testament, and, and maybe there are others that you kind of think of in your mind. So we, when we're talking about gifts today, we're not just talking about miracles, prophecy, and tongues. It's broader than that. And, and there may be gifts in there that makes your heart beat a bit faster. And you think, oh, that sounds like a bit of me. That sounds like me. But some of these gifts are for all of us as a community of believers. So mentioned there was the gift of faith. Each of us has the gift of faith. Each of us has the gift of serving, and we're each called to evangelize. But for some of us, we get extra measures of certain gifts, as the Spirit determines. And that's what makes us unique. And as we are called to use our unique gifts, we are also called to serve. Sometimes serving uses your gifts, sometimes it doesn't. I think back to the example of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. I wouldn't have called that perhaps his spiritual gift, washing feet. And there may be others of you that serve day in, day out in this church, and you're putting out leaflets, and you're coiling wires, or you're serving teas and coffees, It's not necessarily your spiritual gift, but it's the way you serve. It's a response to the love that you have been shown by God, the grace you've received that you want to love the body and serve the body of Christ. Now, church can't be that Amazon Prime transaction, that on-demand service. You get what you want and you go out. We've got to muck in together, and that's where service comes in. I want to thank you, every single one of you who serves either up at the front, behind the scenes, doing what what you do to keep this church going on a Sunday. We so appreciate every moment, seen or unseen, that keeps the church going. But what I want to emphasize today is that we can serve Sunday in, Sunday out, be on all the rotors, but not be exercising the gifts that we've been given. Sundays can become a going through the motions, a monotonous routine. But in order to become this flourishing, vibrant church, moving in all the abundant gifts, we can't just serve. We've got to move in the gifts that we have been given. It needs to go beyond filling gaps in rotors, but moving in our spiritual gifts every time we meet. And Paul says this in verse 7. Now to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And 1 Peter 4 verse 10, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. The issue the Corinthian church was having with gifts was it became a status thing. I've got so much faith that I get this gift. It was a way of implementing hierarchy, manipulating others, and serving only self-interest. That wasn't God's plan for his gifts. It all comes back to love. And if, you've, if you know Corinthians, this chapter, chapter 12, sits next to chapter 13, which you may have heard at wedding, weddings about talking about love. All our gifts need to come out of love for one another. They're there to serve one another, not to serve ourselves.
And we need to be motivated by the grace and the love that we know to show that to others. Not wanting gifts because it would be cool to see a miracle, but wanting gifts because you want everyone to flourish and thrive and know the love that you do. And one of the best things about moving in your gifts is you get a front row seat to God in action. You get to see him at work within someone else's life. You get to see his nature, his heart, reflected in you and reflected in others. Gifts are not given to you because you need them, but because someone else here does. If we don't use our gifting, not only do we miss out in experiencing all God has for us, but others miss out too. Gifts are not given to you because you need them. It's because someone else does. So just moving into that kind of unique nature, the unique nature of each of our gifts. Did you notice at the beginning of verse 7, to each one manifestation of the Spirit is given, and verse 11, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. All believers in Christ receive the same gifts through the Spirit. There are no qualifiers here. There's no ifs, no buts, no whens. Each believer who believes in the resurrection and death of Jesus Christ, who believes in the fullness of grace and has received the Holy Spirit, receives gifts. But not me. But yes, you. As I look around each of you in this room, I see gifts that are either there and flourishing or gifts that are developing. God sees gifts that you don't even know you've got. What do you do when you look around? Do you see those gifts in other people and yet go, but not me? Do you disqualify yourself from receiving those gifts? Are you sceptical that perhaps you have any gifts at all or gifts that are, are, are worth anything? I'm praying today that we can dispel that myth. As we prayed earlier, that you would be set free from the limitations you put on yourself, that you would know his commission for you. Do you believe that you are fearfully and wonderfully made? Does that sit deep within your heart? The one who flung stars into space did not make a mistake with you. The one who crafted that amazing helical DNA structure did not forget to shape your nature and your character. The one who put each organ in place also placed within you unique skills, passion and character that combine to make wonderful, perfect, gifted you. He is not surprised by those facets of the, your character that you're a bit unsure about. He's not surprised at the facets of the character that are different to me, to different to the person sat next to you. He rejoices in those differences because he put them there. He wants you to, to be a part of working for his kingdom. He believes in you. He trusts you. He is so pleased with you. And he has work for you that only you can do. I can't do it. Graham can't do it. He's got work that only you can do. And I feel like this isn't something that we just get in an instant. Maybe it is. God's able. But um, it, you may need time to dwell on this, to reflect on, do I truly believe that God has made you, me unique? Do I believe that I have a purpose and a commission? I'm hoping that perhaps you can spend time this week or the week of prayer and fasting to take time to dwell on that. And of course, we're going to make space later to pray as well.
But there is, there is something else we need to talk about within unique gifting, and that is comparison. That famous quote that comparison is the thief of joy could not be truer when it comes to gifting. Just as in the Corinthian church, we live in a society, don't we, that, that ranks gifts and talents based on your wealth, your power, and your likes on Instagram. Paul gives us this reminder that we need to get rid of comparison using this analogy of the body. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Do you hesitate because you're comparing? I'm not like X and Y, or I'm not even going to try because I'm not good enough. Often this leads us to, to giving up, like I've said. I'm not even going to bother trying, or stops us from trying because it won't be quite the same. I've not got the same thing. Or it makes us do something that we were never designed to do. That we want to be like that person, so we try and squeeze into shoes that's not ours. I was thinking about this. I bought a pair of, pair of trainers years ago. I was like, it's half a size too small. It's fine. Good price. Look great. So as I was walking into town one day, I got a mile in, and it started to hurt. Walking became painful. I got blisters. I looked great, but it hurt. Matthew 11, 28 says this in the message. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Instead of walking freely and lightly with the gifts that we've been given, we try and put on gifts that aren't for us. And then we get burdened with this yoke that doesn't quite fit. And we have to walk in these forced rhythms trying to fit in and it hurts, and it's hard work. That's not God's plan for you. You are enough. The unique gifts he has given you are enough. We miss out on what God has for us because, we're trying, because we want what he's given to someone else. We want what he's given to someone else when what he's given to us is perfect. No one will do it quite like you, and you should certainly not try and do it like someone else. Trust that you are uniquely gifted and placed to bring the kingdom in Derby. So hopefully you've kind of got that picture that, okay, perhaps I am uniquely gifted. Perhaps I have got these gifts. What does that look like within church? Verse 12 in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Paul carries on that analogy of the body all the way through. You might be an ear in this situation, a right nostril, a pancreas, an appendix, a thumb, but you are part of something bigger. As it is with Christians, we're not made to live in isolation, but in community, in community with the local church. And that's meant to be good news. 
You don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to carry all of the giftings. You don't have to evangelize the whole of Derby. You don't have to feed every single homeless person that you see because we are part of a body working together to bring his kingdom here. But in order for that to work, we need all the parts to play their role. This church needs you because of the unique gifts that you can bring. We only experience fullness when you bring what you have, I'll bring what I have. God takes that and multiplies it. And I was thinking about you know, that kind of interdependence on each other, and there's this idea in nature called mutualism. Someone else has what you need, and you have what they need, and you work together. So I don't know if you've seen the film Finding Nemo, but the clownfish living in the anemone. The clownfish protects the anemone from the anemone-eating fish. Um, and the anemone protects the clownfish from their predators. They both need each other. They benefit from each other's gifting. They couldn't give it, do it alone. Remember, those gifts are given to you, not because you need them, but because someone else does. And that interdependence isn't just here for when it's all going well. As you unpack here, as Naomi spoke about last term, as you unpack here and make here your home, we share the highs and lows of life. And when the part of the body is damaged or working harder, there's a diversion of blood to that area, giving it nutrients, helping it to heal. And so it should be with church. When you're broken, you're hurting, feeling weak and drained, the body pulls you in, using their gifts to build you up, to restore hope. Without a functioning church body, that doesn't happen. Without you bringing your gifts, me bringing my gifts, we get divided. And that's why it's so important we each bring what we have. But just a warning as well, that interdependence isn't just, isn't easy. I know that. It can be destroyed by pride and competition. They're doing a rubbish job of that. I know I could do better. Or envy, I wish I could do that. Or comparison again. We should be celebrating, identifying and encouraging gifts in our friends and family here. Lifting them up, edifying them. Maybe you've had those thoughts, perhaps even this morning or as you've been meeting in church over the years. We need to repent of that. We are family here. We are here to edify and encourage. What if this year we entered with a restored sense of joy and hope for the local church, for Jubilee Church Derby, where we're not burned out on religion, but thriving in grace? If we want to be the church of our vision and move from monotony and humdrum to abundant flourishing, to be that vibrant community shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the Word, and sent to the nations, we need to commit to one another. Commit to another on Sundays, commit to another in life groups and throughout the week. Love one another well and use our unique gifting to equip and encourage God's church. And as I was preparing this message, and just coming to a close shortly, just so we can have some time and response. Um, I've just been reflecting on and looking at my life and thinking, oh, perhaps when, perhaps if, 
that's when I'm not doing this or that, or the kids are older. I was just reminded that this is the main event. Mm -hmm. I'm not waiting for my Nobel Prize. I'm not waiting for my Mona Lisa moment, the Champions League trophy, the MBE, that moment when I will shine. I'm called right now to live a life worthy of the call, to live a life worthy of Jesus' death and resurrection, to be motivated by his grace and love every single moment of every single day. It will never be the right time, and you will never be perfect, I'm afraid. And the building might not have come yet. But know the freedom that God gives you. Now that you don't have to be perfect, you can just be good. There is extraordinary in the everyday if you choose to stop and see it. If you choose to listen to the gentle whisper of the Spirit in the everyday. Don't miss it looking beyond and say, oh, just when, just when. Choose to be faithful in just the next step. Just the next life group meeting. Just the next Sunday. And, and I just felt this fitted so well. As Graham shares next week with us about our vision for the church and then going into week of prayer and fasting. What is your part going to be in that? Are you going to step up and play the role that God has given you so that the church can be fulfilled? Are you just content with how things are now? Or are you going to contend for what God has for Jubilee Church this year, for you this year, and for the city of Derby this year? I'm sure God could probably do it without you. But he doesn't want to. He wants to partner with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants you to know abundance, fullness of life, walking in step with him. Are you going to take up the challenge? and experience life in all of its fullness. I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you so much for Jubilee Church. I'm so grateful you have met with us this morning, that you have had a tangible presence here this morning. Perhaps as the band come up, if that's okay, we just want to respond to you, Holy Spirit. But I just trust these words are from you and they have landed in different ways with, with each person. God, as we respond in the next few minutes, show us where we're holding back. Show us our gifting. God, let us not settle for the humdrum and the monotonous. Help us to seek your grace, your love, your forgiveness, your future for us as a church. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come and flood this place and change the atmosphere, because apart from you, we are nothing. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.